Welcome to the Earning the Push podcast, a wrestling show by wrestling fans for wrestling fans, looking at everything happening inside and outside the squared circle. My name is Jack Murley. I'm a professional broadcaster. Alongside me each and every week, professional rugby player Charlie Beckett. All right, Mr. Beckett. All right, Mr. Murley. I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. Um, Just another good week of wrestling, really, isn't it? No massive drama, which is nice, but just... Some really, really good wrestling to talk about this week, which makes me a happy man. And exciting wrestling as well. Exciting things to get into, and we'll do that in just a tick. Before that, thank you to all the folks who listen each and every week. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe every time you listen to the podcast and tell other people who enjoy wrestling to check us out wherever you found us today. So this week, Triple H continues to gather together his band of NXT lovelies that Vince McMahon cast to one side. We're staring down the barrel of a classic Mox Punk feud, and there was a mistake on NXT 2.0 that no one really caught, but we'll kick off with AEW Dynamite on Wednesday night. We kicked off the show with the returning CM Punk and John Moxley in a confrontation for the ages. This was good, Charlie. Yeah, this was as good a 1v1 promo as you're going to see for a long time. The, the interesting thing I thought before even Mox came out was Punk firing shots at Hangman Adam Page uh, across the bow for yeah, read on the dirt sheet. State. It sounds like some real life heat, which is very interesting. I thought, uh, but then obviously we got to what we knew was coming—the uh, Mox Punk um, face-off, and neither man was pulling their punches, were they? It was just excellent. I was watching this because I'm recording this, having done a very early shift, and so early it was that I got up and saw this live. And Some I... would argue that's not early, that's late, Jack. No, it was very odd. Just It seemed like it was said, and then he left it, called him a coward, and then moved on to what he was actually going to do. It seemed, it seemed very odd. I'm sure there'd be some um, interesting conversations in the back about that. But when he um, he started talking about Mox, I thought it was brilliant. When he said he's the third best in his group, and that just seems to be a recurring theme in his career, just brilliant. So I love when they, they feed into the past of the wrestlers and their career elsewhere. Uh, that was excellent. And then Mox came out and Punk mocking him for how long it takes to get the ring, doing snow angels. If you describe that to me, I thought that's a bit corny. It worked. And then Mox is just absolutely flying at him. And then I love that they did just get into it because if you're still in the ring and someone is saying something that horrible about you and you're saying it back, it is going to become a physical confrontation. That's my least favorite thing in wrestling when they absolutely spit fire at each other and then you go, right, but we've got a match in three weeks. We best not fight now. Nah, get them scrapping. I liked it. It reminded me of how good both these men are. One thing that is interesting is last week we said, let's keep both men face. Let's go with it. Now, CM Punk, some would say, leaned very much towards the heelish persona. But as he said in his promo, tell me when I'm lying. Now, is a a champion pointing out the character flaws in his opponent a heel turn? Or is it just telling the truth and letting the audience decide? It's definitely not a fully-fledged heel turn, but it's uh, a, a clean-cut babyface isn't doing it, are they? But then, has Punk ever been a clean-cut babyface, even at the height of his popularity? So I think we see, because I think they've been booked into a bit of a hole here by how popular both champions are, and it was no one's fault because they were dealt a rough hand with the injury and they've done the best they can. I think we see Punk turn fully heel to cheat to win next week because we're getting the match next week yeah let's touch on that because we all think being the smart wrestling fans we are well hey off we go to full gear in chicago this is going to be great and actually tony khan throws one out and goes no 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 that's not what we're getting at all 
it's another exciting dynamite next week. Let's talk about, you know, do they deliver this next week? Because AEW isn't known for, for saying, we're going to give you X, but we're going to give you Y. And we've seen in the past, they do give these big matches on telly. We saw their TBS debut. We had Hangman Adam Page and Brian Danielson go at it. So they're not afraid of throwing these huge matches out there. I, I think they've got to give us something, right? Oh, I think now they've announced, I think the, the match has to be delivered as the one-on-one match we've been told now, I think to do anything screwy and not get the actual match next week. Uh, I, I don't see the the benefit in that. Why would you say we're getting it to not get And that's just going to piss people off, really, if that happens. So I think we get this match fully fledged next week. And if we do, clean finish? And if so, who's going over? I mean, this is all the talk we thought we were going to be having for full gear, but now here we are having it now. I think you see Punk cheating to win and going full heel. Yeah, I think I said full gear. I may have meant all out there, but... Give me some slack. I've been up since very early. So it was a dynamite bookended by these amazing moments. This great CM Punk Mox confrontation. And then we saw the return of Kenny Omega, who we haven't seen since Full Gear, which is where I was pulling that from. Back with the Bucks, but an interesting version of Kenny Omega, this. Yeah, why is he wrestling in a shirt? Well, this is storyline, isn't it? This is, this is from what I understand, I haven't seen this back myself, the storyline is that Kenny Omega maybe isn't at 100% being back yet. But why would that mean he's wearing a shirt? He's all flabby underneath, you know? Oh, so it's just to protect his modesty, so he's not 100% like, as in he's not, he's not injured, he's just a bit out of shape is that what is that the storyline well that's my interpretation i'm not sure because having having seen just some of the highlights in between bits and pieces today i didn't quite get it but having read around the um the reports of it that was my interpretation of it and let's be quite clear when i say kenny omega maybe not quite in shape he would still run rings around every one of us and everyone listening to it it's a strange storyline to tell, though, if you want to, about one of your biggest stars making like, the best in the world, the belt collector. But uh, he's a little bit out of shape. That's a that's a strange story to tell. Because it's a weird shirt. Look, we're not fashion experts, but it's not like one of those like proper muscle shirts. Shirt. It's like a baggy shirt. And then it looks like he's got something strapped to it. it. It was odd. It was odd. But what a pop from coming back. Mm. That That showed how good Kenny Omega was, because Kenny Omega got dealt a bad hand when it came to his title reign. I mean, it was in the in the depths of the pandemic. It was at a time where there were no fans, very few fans, a forbidden door popping up on Impact where there were no fans there. We never really got to see Kenny Omega in, until probably the end of it in, in that position with the fans wanting to see him. And boy, oh boy, were they wanting to see him. Yeah, they went wild. And... um props to Justin Roberts for how good his intro was. It was outstanding, I thought. And from the moment they began that intro, everyone knew. I mean, that, and that is such a great part of his gimmick. And I'm someone who, who would like to see more with Kenny Omega, and I've spoken to some folks in the wrestling industry about this. <laughs> Sounds such a big shot. Just sort of folks in the business who say, AW needs to do a better job of letting casual fans know why Kenny Omega's special. Because we know, yeah. but other folks may not. Yeah, I, I agree massively, Sam. That's something WWE have always been great at. Like, you would, if you're a casual wrestling fan, you think John Cena is the best wrestler to ever grace God's screen earth. And he, he's not, but WWE have always portrayed him that way. Kenny Omega is AEW's John Cena, but casual viewers would not put them in the same stratosphere, let alone in the same ring. 
Yeah, you've got you've got to tell people that story, and it, I know it must be frustrating to Tony Khan, who knows how good Kenny Omega, and we all know. But we've seen it with the U.S. title on Monday Night Raw. The difference, as we'll talk about later, that that just video packages can make. I tell you what, if you haven't seen AEW Dynamite from last night, you need to go and check it out. I'm going to be doing it because I cannot wait to see the two out of three falls match between Daniel Garcia and Brian Danielson as well. This, from what I gather, pay per view worthy main event. Yeah, the fact that this is the third thing we're talking about on this show shows how good this show was because free-to-air TV, you are not going to see better wrestling than this two out of three falls match. It's brutal. It's technically perfect. It's beautiful. The commentary do a great job. Jericho's on commentary and he's excellent. It's just, it's outstanding. And it's just in the middle of a show that has two of the bigger talking points, which is ridiculous. Uh, This feud with Danielson is a star-making turn for Daniel Garcia. He was just another member of the roster um, before this. I think that's fair to say. And obviously, he's in the JAS, but he wasn't anyone special. And then he gets the win over Danielson, which is huge. But then, actually, I think he gets more out of this loss, hanging for as long as the match was, to be able to hang with Danielson in two out of three falls and it look more than capable. You're more than holding your own. That's, that's star-making in itself. And it doesn't matter who wins. It's not about getting going over. It's about getting over, right? And and Daniel Garcia is getting over. And the, the tease at the end that actually maybe he doesn't want to be with the Jericho Appreciation Society anymore. Because when we saw the BCC come together, everyone's going, ah, do you know what? He'd be great in there. And what they've done so cleverly is they've put him with Jericho to let him spin out against Jericho at some point. And yeah. we spoke about it last week. How good is Jericho with this new talent? Yeah, brilliant. And a Jericho-Garcia feud where Garcia goes over and gets over even more is what I could see coming. I think that that would be huge for him. Huge. Um, Is it just me? Or does it feel like since he's come back, Danielson is a bit distanced from the BCC? It does. It doesn't feel like there is that level of togetherness that you would expect from a group that was meant to be sort of in blood together. And I wonder if that's because Claudio's come in and Claudio's more part of it. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know. But they maybe need to do a little bit of work. And I think what happened is they had blood and guts and the anarchy at the arena where they really hammered BCC home. And now he's just branching off in a different direction. I'd like to see more of them together. Yeah, even just things like get Regal on commentary for his matches or have one of them have Claudio or have Mox or have any of them in his corner. I think have Wheeler Utah there, like just something to let us know that he's still a part of that faction. Because if 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 he didn't know any different, it would look like he's been replaced by Claudio, which I don't think is the is the story. I think they're both members. I think Claudio has been added while Danielson was away, but we've never really seen Danielson come back into it. But my favorite moment from Dynamite, and I think it was um, Alex McCarthy on Talksport, uh, who works talks obviously on Twitter who tweeted this is when uh, Claudio is lifting Mox up to hold him away from um, going back with Punk. Uh, Alex Kai said gives him real end of the night outside the kebab shop vibes of like, leave it Mox, but a good night. It's not worth it. Don't ruin it now. Do you think if you ever got that drunk and you found yourself in a pull apart outside a, a kebab shop, obviously you wouldn't, you're a very sensible man, but do you think there would be a part of you going, this is like wrestling. This is like wrestling. We're like Taker and Brock that one time. Absolutely, I'm like pulling people in to try and hold me back. One I thing... need more people to hold me back here. <laughs> or to pretend to hold you back as yes. you're pretending yes. to go for it. One thing I didn't, because obviously I haven't seen the full episode yet, you tell me if you spotted this anywhere along the line. Did the Bucks reference the beatdown from Undisputed 
era at all again this week. This is week number two since it's happened. Not if they did, I missed it. Right? Isn't that the point? Yeah, why why are we not bothered that our best mates just beat us up? And why are they not on telly? Yeah. It's so it's been really stop start. And actually if you think we're coming up to uh, just a couple of weeks shy of, of of All Out last year, where we saw Danielson and Cole debut at that epic event. Mm. Would you say that, that the era's run in AEW has delivered? And there's been injuries, there's been things you can't control, I get that, but has it lived up to what you hoped? No. I, you take Undisputed Era from NXT, and then the Undisputed Elite, or whatever they're called, basically Cole, Fish, and O'Reilly in AEW, and there is no comparison to who is the better faction, who is more dominant, who you would fear more. Like they're, they're chalk and cheese. They're the same people, but I'd say they're chalk and cheese, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a shame. And I think this is where it's having that stacked roster. Because, okay, you're Tony Khan. You're listening to this podcast. And you think, all right, Jack and Charlie, I'm giving you last uh, night's dynamite. You run it back for me. You tell me what you don't want to see on the show to make room for it. Are we getting rid of Kenny Omega's return? Are we getting rid of Mox Punk? Are we getting rid of Danielson Garcia? So yes, some weeks we, we may seem like we're nitpicking at AEW. It's a really hard thing to book. It is a very, very hard thing to book. I think AEW have four hours of telly, don't they, a week? Um, with Rampage as well. With Rampage, and I suppose you have to conclude Dark Elevation because Rampage is just the hour. Is it, okay, so I'm just going to use Rampage. So they've got three hours of televised network television a week. I think they have to make better use of that third hour. Yeah, I agree. Rampage needs to stop being a B show and be like, like now SmackDown is just another show that goes out. Like, use that to tell the story. Make people make sure they're watching Rampage on a Friday because if you miss it, you might not know what's happening with the books and that sort of stuff. But at the moment... Rampage very much feels like the B show and you can miss it. And I don't know why, because it didn't start out that way. If you think about it, it was where we saw Christian Cage beat Kenny Omega for the Impact World Championship. It was where CM Punk returned. It felt like a big deal. And somewhere along the line, it has felt like the B show and it shouldn't. But look, we're nitpicking. If you want a really good wrestling show, go and see AEW Dynamite this week. It's what I'm going to do. One question before we move on from AEW. Mm. There have been reports all week online that WWE reached out to a former talent who's working at AEW to see if they'd be interested in coming back. And the AEW talent said no and informed AEW, the little snitch. Um, <laughs> slash, no, that's what we do. Let's play absolutely no fact in this. Pure spitballing. Who do you think WWE were going to? I mean, for me, I'm thinking it's Adam Cole, baby, is who I'm thinking it's going to be. If you're Triple H, who is the one you want back that isn't named William Regal? Yeah, who who was your man in NXT? Who, who carried the company for two years through two of the hardest years of it? And yeah, it's Adam Cole. I, I would be surprised if Triple H has not reached out to Cole. And that said, though, do you know what? Here's another rogue pick. Maybe Rusev, maybe Miro, you know? Yeah, you never know. Because he was never really in NXT when it was Triple H's baby. You don't really know what Triple H's thoughts are of Miro. Also, Miro had that backstage segment two weeks ago, and we ain't seen him since. Yeah, with the woman no one knew. <laughs> uh, and for some reason, he hates House of Black, and everyone's quite sure why. Maybe that's what, because I, I did see um, him sort of hinting online that maybe he wanted to be used more. Um, but look, isn't isn't this nice, right? We're in a situation where we've had a crack in Dynamite, and it used to be great Dynamite, Raw was a pile of what's-its. 
Now, we got a cracking Monday Night Raw to talk about as well. I think the highlight for me by some distance, the return of the prize fighter version of Kevin Owens against a fired-up Drew McIntyre. Not only did we get a great promo confrontation, we got a great match as well. Yeah, that was second for me. Okay. What was first? The picture of Ezekiel in bed with all his family by his hospital bedside. That was your, of all that happened. Oh, Jack, I saw that on Tuesday morning and I couldn't stop laughing. Really? That's absolutely ridiculous rubbish wrestling humour, but it properly tickled me. I, I, I Yeah, I'll, do you know what? I'll give you that. It was very funny. It was very obvious this was going to happen. I I guess I thought of thought that the, the, the end of Ezekiel would be when Kevin Owens slammed him spine first into the ring apron. I thought we'd get away from seeing him for a little bit, but very funny. I guess that I give Ezekiel far too much airtime on this show, but I'm guessing that he's gone so Elias can come back. Will there ever have been a more confusing storyline in the history of wrestling? That's a big saying. I won't be able to think of this than these. If this is the end of Ezekiel, what was it for? Well, okay, this is how you know if it's the most confusing storyline in the history of wrestling. You're sitting down with your mates at the pub. They go, Charlie, what's this wrestling you like? We just saw this thing with Elias. What's that about? And then you have to explain it. That's a litmus tape. Would would you explain this to your mates in the pub? Nah, I'd say don't bother, lads. Just ignore it. Do you know what? That is a good one to throw out. Maybe we can throw that out to folks uh, for next week's episode. If you can think of a more confusing storyline... Also, what I love is there you are for weeks on end saying Raw's not very good. I wish that we could get the old NXT back. And Triple H goes, right, I'm giving you the prize fighter version of Kevin Owens. I'm giving you Drew McIntyre at his fired up NXT best. And you still are talking about Vince McMahon's baby of Elias slash Ezekiel. You're fickle, Charlie. You can't keep me happy. <laughs> uh, but no, going to what was actually very good on Raw. Ooh, you talk about Punk and Mox being a good promo. Owens and McIntyre's up there as well. Who's his like best? They, Who's his best? Well, when they put that out on Monday, I reckon Owens and Drew went back and backstage went, no one's beating that this week. And then Punk and Mox went, hold our beer. Uh, I do think Punk and Mox was better, but that's probably because the stakes are higher. Mm. Like it's, it's more important because it's for the title and the title feels important. I like when titles feel important. Like Punk had a belt this week. Thank God. Um, but no, brilliant. This is the best Kevin Owens. I just love that he's like, I haven't held a title for five years. Every champion is now on notice. Because that makes all the titles feel important because he's not saying only the Universal, only the US, only the IC, every title. I guess he didn't mean the 24-7. But every <laughs> title is now knows straight away makes it feel important. Whatever champion he goes after, you'd be like, Christ, that title's important because KO's gone for that one. No, no, no. I, I like that they've booked this with the idea that they want to elevate the 24-7 title. I, I, want, I want Kevin Owens to win that and treat it like Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania against Brett. I want it to be the childhood dream come true and him say, this is the only gold I never managed to hold and now it's mine. I mean, that's surely where to go. Well, it makes sense, isn't it, clearly? I, I look at this and I think it's going to be very, 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 very hard to keep Kevin Owens heel because he's so darn entertaining. If you're going to a live event and this guy comes out and he's swantoning and frog splashing and, and moonsaulting and he's got the wit on the on the mic, why am I booing Kevin Owens? He just has to be the the heel that even if he gets cheered, he still acts like heel, like in NXT, like when he was Universal Champion. Like he still just not care what the fans want. Don't, don't care. Like, yeah, perform to the best of your ability. The fans will go wild for it, but don't pander to them. Don't be the smiley face, just do your work and get out and still run him down on the mic. I think 
Heels can still be heels without being booed, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And look, I'm just glad we're getting this position because I think this was the best Drew McIntyre we've seen yeah. in ages. No sword acknowledged by, by Kevin God. Owens. I know, thank God the sword's gone. And Kevin Owens called him out on it. And, and, and you know, I don't know how much of that was scripted, how much wasn't, but it felt so much looser than WWE in the past. And it was great. And the fact that both men said, let's fight, and they did, I thought it was tremendous. They're saying wrestling, they're saying hospital, they're saying all the words that Vince says they couldn't. Let's, um, before we take a quick pause and talk about SmackDown, let's talk briefly about continuing to make the US Championship feel special. Lashley and Styles, really, really good match. Great promo package before. Triple H has obviously come in and said to the US title, they're there, it's okay now. I'll make you feel special again. And he, and he is. Absolutely. Brilliant match. Title feels important. Lashley feels like a great champion. It just... Wrestling doesn't seem that difficult when it's done simply and simply booked. And I imagine it is hugely difficult, but Triple H is just going back to basics. It's working really, really well. And doesn't it make us feel like we weren't mad all those years where we were saying, wrestling doesn't have to be this way. So the US title doesn't have to feel throwaway. It, it can feel special. It can feel good. And, and you know, I'd love to see Lashley and Styles run it back happily. And imagine if that was with the WWE Championship. Yeah, I'd watch that. I'd watch that happily. Every uh, any show with that on is going to be a better show for having that on. It was a great match, and they, I actually would never have had those two as working brilliantly together, but they do. That they just they just seem to click. And how good to see AJ Styles in proper matches that have stakes again. Yeah, and and you know him and Omos. You look and you go now. This is going to be a lost a lost year for AJ Styles up to this point. It's going to be a year of his storied career where no one remembers it. But um, one other thing I want to talk about. Am I coming round on the Judgment Day stable? Am I just Are be you? from a very very low bar? I'm sort of beginning to accept it on telly. I'm beginning to not enjoy it, but it's not making me turn off. I just need less spooky stuff from them. Yeah, the less spooky the better. Just be three young people. You know, do you know Finn's forty-one? Um, uh, yeah, sickening. Finn Balor is forty-one. What's he eating, Charlie? What's his diet? How's he nothing, doing this? Nothing. He's dust. <laughs> if I'd looked at it like that at 21, I would have been like, well, well, if I'd looked at 21, my life would have been very different. <laughs> I'm sure you are that. Um, 41 years old. I keep saying about this young stable. He's a middle-aged man. Uh, don't, don't even but, do that. But coming full circle, this stable of people who are young or underutilized and a bit hacked off, and they're going to cast judgment on the rest of the roster. Yes, give me that. Just don't use lightning and blood and all that weird spooky stuff to do it. And also, it did feel a little bit force a promo where there's nothing worse, in re well, there's lots worse in wrestling. There are a few worse things in wrestling than a forced laugh in a promo. And, and Rhea and Finn both did a couple of those, like, where is, I'm your pappy now. Ha, 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 ha. And I'm going, guys, come on. Because all of them, all three of them, look like badasses. They all yeah. look really, really cool. You don't need that verbiage. Here's one for you. Mm. Does Rhea Ripley have the best look in wrestling today? <clears throat> no. Oh, okay. Who does? Because you said that quite confidently. Hook. And not of for... Course. No, 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 not no. No, genuinely. Hook, yeah. has, Hook has the I best aura, best presentation. No I'd one else it. is doing what Hook is doing. I only say Rhea because there is no one in the women's division on either of the two big companies who looks like her and seems as intimidating and as badass as her, I'd say. 
Yeah, I'd agree. She's fantastic. And speaking of booking ahead, we know on Raw next week, boy, oh boy, this is going to be good. Edge against Damian Priest in Montreal. Wrestling shows in Montreal are some of my favourite things. That's going to be fantastic. Edge in Canada as well. Edge in Canada always goes down a storm. He'll be emotional. He'll be up for it. He'll want to put on a great show. Damian Priest is underrated in the ring. I think they'll have a great match. Let's talk about SmackDown, my favourite segment of Friday night. Ronda Rousey returning, paying off her fine with a big duffel bag full of money and saying, being the baddest is expensive, but I can afford it. Ronda has entered the building. Actual Ronda Rousey. Look at this. We're letting someone be who they are and straight away, I'm more interested. And I love Liv Morgan. She's brilliant. But boy, oh boy, I want Ronda to snap her arm off. And you believe she could, and you believe oh, she, she would. Could. So, look, here's the question. Is this Ronda Rousey heel? Is Liv Morgan heel? Does it matter? Have we just got people being their authentic selves, and that's why it's good? It's Ronda being Ronda, and Ronda is a heel, because how can you not hate the baddest woman on the planet who earns all this cash and doesn't care? She doesn't care. But that's, yeah. why, I, that's why I don't think she's a heel. That's why I like her I... like this, because she's going, look... I've got all this money, I'm going to do what I want, and I want my title back, and I'm going to do what I can. Like Kevin Owens earlier. Yeah, and also, guess what feels important in it? The title. Yeah. Also, um, credit to Liv Morgan. I think she's doing a brilliant job as champ, by the way. I think she's stepped up to the mark brilliantly. And actually, if Ronda does win it back, I will feel for Liv because she's done an excellent job and stepped up to, I think probably a position that a lot of people thought she wasn't ready for and maybe maybe wouldn't ever be ready for. I think maybe quite a few people had her pinned as a mid-card talent who was decent in the ring, had a great presentation, but was always going to be, at best, maybe a women's tag champion. She stepped up and really, really is delivering as the champ. I was going to ask you this, because there's often the conversation, does the title make the person? Does the person make the title? And there was a chance that just by putting the title on Liv Morgan, she would feel like a transitional champion, particularly when floating around in the waters. You've got those big, big beasts of Charlotte Flair, of Ronda Rousey, of Becky Lynch. Liv Morgan's in there with, with all respect to Trish and Lita, the biggest WWE female superstars ever. And so Liv Morgan was always going to feel a tear below and always going to have to claw herself up. But she's getting there. And it's hard work and dedication that's got her there. Absolutely. And I think what where she's maybe going to struggle slightly is, so she beat Ronda the first time because it was straight after winning the bank. She was clever to beat Ronda the second time where she was in the sub submission, got the pin. Liv Morgan's not a physically imposing person she's quite small hmm. Liv Morgan is not uh, the hardest style wrestler stiffest style wrestler she's, she's that that's not her game she doesn't batter people how are they going to make her believably fend off the challenges of Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey who are legitimate badass UFC fighters who will beat you up and make it believable and continue to make it believable without undermining the match quality by having shenanigans or undermining the title by being like, well, actually, the best fighters don't win it. That That is a tough balancing act. It, it is, and I guess it's scrappiness and heart, but I think there's some interesting stories to tell there. And like we were just talking about with Garcia and Danielson, Morgan may get more out of some of these losses than she gets out of some of the wins, to be honest. And Shayna Baszler, again, night and day, here she is suddenly... Oh, hi, hi, Shayna. Good good to have you back. This number one contender who is the woman we knew in NXT. Brilliant. Just brilliant. 
I want Shayna versus Ronda. Do you? At some point, yeah. Now, do... I just want them to have a fight, Jack. Well, you, I mean, is that a natural main event for, for WrestleMania? Do, do you look that far down the line and go, Shayna, you're going to take the title off Liv Morgan in Cardiff, you're going to run through a few challenges, and that's where we're going? Just, I want NXT Shayna, the champion that no one could beat, against baddest woman on the planet, Ronda Rousey, because that, that, that sells tickets. I was People trying to, want to see that. I was trying to think earlier, and and it just escaped me. Who was Shayna's great matches with in NXT? Was it with Bailey and Ember Moon? Were those sort of the era, or, or was it not with Bailey? It wasn't Bailey. Bailey was earlier. I think Ember Moon. She had some great matches with Asuka. Yeah, Shayna, Asuka. Shayna and Asuka went to war, um, and then she was kind of, she was kind of the final boss for a long time of that quite transitional phase of the women's division as they moved on into their new one. And then I think. Was it Io Shirai who took the title off her? Maybe yeah. someone like that. I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, it's just fantastic to see. And look, speaking of the women's division, the poor women in this women's tag team tournament for the titles, the tag team belts, because we're all sitting there going, "Very nice ladies," but we know that Sasha and Naomi are lurking in the background somewhere. I mean, we could be wrong, but none of us are buying the fact that they're not going to walk out as the new champs lift the titles skywards, are we? Well, I just think whoever wins it. Their, their celebration will be cut short very quickly by them coming out. And, oh, I think that'll be quite a shooty promo. Do you think so? I, and, and I think Triple H will let them. I think Triple yeah. H will let them go for Tri- him. Triple H will let them because Triple H's loyalty before his to does not come to his family first. His loyalty comes to the company first because Vince has always did. And you know what? I think Vince would be angry if he didn't let them. And all, the, all uh, Naomi and Sasha have to come out and say is, that's great you've had this tournament, but you owe it all to us because no one gave a damn about the women's tag team titles until we walked out. Oh, that's so good. That's exactly it, isn't it? That's exactly what you need to do. No one gave a damn until we walked out and risked losing our livelihoods. So you say thank you very much to us and give us our titles back. Yeah, you're relevant. You're welcome. That's that's it. All you need to do. Um, Triple H went back out and uh, recruited some of his old NXT charges again. We saw the return of Hit Row on SmackDown. Yeah, not one I would have had high up the list, but was a nice surprise. And I think there's a lot of potential in Hit Row. I think they were starting to get big in NXT towards my end of, as they transitioned to 2.0, didn't they? So I didn't see that much of them, but everything I did, they were good. Uh, they have that sort of vibe of the, the acclaimed in AEW, don't they, who mm. are very, very over with that sort of gimmick. So I think there's, there's exciting things to see there. And if, if Triple H is bringing them back, he must see some serious potential in them. Absolutely. Let's talk about um, maybe a moment that some folks didn't see coming because they didn't think that WWE would do this. Now, you and I are not watching NXT 2.0 religiously, but we know that NXT 2.0 had its heatwave special, and we know it ended with a stare down between NXT champion Ron Breaker and NXT UK champion Tyler Bate. That's NXT UK champion Tyler Bate. If you're wondering why we're talking about him, it's because, unless we're very much mistaken, that title change hasn't aired on television yet. Nope. There's a tournament going on, isn't there? Mm. I wonder who'll win that. Now, this is very unlike WWE. Do you think think they've just kind of gone, ah, screw it. Like, yeah, but we're still going to get... Because let's be honest... And I mean this all great respect the world. How many people are really watching NXT UK? I know I'm not, and I'm a massive wrestling fan in the UK, so how many are? I won't lie. I didn't actually know that Dragonoff had got injured and had to relinquish his title. That had passed me by. Poor him, by the way, because it's anyone who hasn't, go and watch his matches with Walter. 
Go and watch them. They're amazing. And what his uh, match with Walter, where he won the title, that was, oh, uh, that was a... Um, that was my match of the year last year. In that a, was my match of the year in any company. But it was in a performance centre, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and you just think, blimey, if that match had been in front of, I don't know, 10,000 at a WrestleMania weekend, that would oh, be one ma- for the ages. That a proper takeover. Yeah. That would have just... Oh. But yeah, go and watch it because it's, it's incredible. Um, but... Tyler Bates and Bron Breaker. Yes, please. And a yes, load yes, a load of references to when worlds collide in the commentary, in, in all aspects of it. And we saw two great when worlds collide back in old NXT yeah. days when it was NXT versus NXT UK. And I think it was NXT versus 205 Live. Maybe there was a bit of, yes, a bit of mix yes, in the first one as well. Yes, yes. But those matches, those cards were great but it doesn't make you feel particularly like WWE has its eye on the ball when it comes to NXT UK if a champ is turning up and spoiling those shows. One of the most underrated matches ever from the first World's Collide is Mustache Mountain versus um, DIY. Yes. It's just brilliant. It's brilliant. Um, Do you think, my only question is, do you think they're going to unify the belts, get rid of the NXT UK title and get rid of NXT UK? Yes. Yes, I do. I, 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 and, and I wish that there are as many places for people in wrestling to work as, as we can have, because it's a good thing. Regal was one of the big driving forces behind NXT UK. He's now working for another company. NXT 2.0 needs some new talent. And it was, you know, I'm just going to say, I think it was quite lucky that NXT UK survived through yeah. the pandemic, to be quite honest. I mean, they went into BT Sports Studios. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, yeah. I think you'll see the UK Performance Centre kept. I think, but you will lose the television product. And if this is the end of the NXT UK title, that has been an incredible title for British wrestling. Oh. And for wrestling in general. Like, you look at the reigns that has had that shot. Obviously, Tyler Bate won it first in it about 12 years old. Um, It then shot Pete Dunne into stardom with his reign. Walter, it shot to stardom. Now Gunther, obviously, with his his reign. Oh, by the way, Kevin Owens versus Gunther for the IC title. Yes, please. Yes. Um, that's just popped in my head. I, I forgot Gunther was IC champion, actually, but oh my God, yes. Can I just say how um, much I love that you've accepted Gunther now? You've accepted... I have now. Walter's I don't understand gone. it. Yeah. I don't understand it, but I've accepted it. Butch, I will never accept. Well, finish your thought about the NXT UK title, and then I want to talk a little bit about Butch. Okay. All I was going to say is, then Dragunov, it was a star-turning um, match for him with Walter, and then Tyler Bate again. And I just think... It also became the most prestigious title in WWE because people were holding it for like three years at a time. So if this is the end for the UK title, it won't be remembered for a long, long time, I don't think. But I actually think it's done a lot of great work for independent wrestling because a lot of smaller independent wrestlers, it was their entryway into WWE and the big leagues and definitely for British wrestling. And it will be one of those titles where if you know about it, you know about it and you'll know what it meant. Uh, And the best looking belt WWE have made in years. Ever. Ever well, oh, no, there's wow. there's, a, oh, there's a debate. I regret saying it because there's yeah. there's others, but it's up there. Um, did you see? Did you see the speculation this week that Pete Dunne may be preparing to ditch his Butch gimmick? Well, I think Pete Dunne has been preparing to ditch his Butch gimmick since it was given to him. But he tweet he tweeted that's pic- he tweeted a picture of him as Pete Dunne versus right, Butch. I'm, I missed this, but please do it. Because if you're going to do it, you can sort of retcon yourself a story quite nicely for Cardiff 
that actually Pete Dunne pretended to be this butch character to get himself to the main roster, but actually he wanted a bit of Sheamus, and you could bring back the bruiserweight in Cardiff and imagine the pop there. Yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Give me it all. Like, just get rid of the butch stuff. Like, Pete Dunne is one of the best wrestlers on this planet. Don't handcuff him with a silly gimmick and a silly name. Uh, and I think Triple H is a big fan of Pete Dunne. He was he was used a lot in NXT, wasn't he? So, yeah, I, I'd like that a lot, please. And speaking of good-looking titles, before we begin to bring this one to a close, I just want to mention we had sighting, just for you, of the All-Atlantic title on, N- on AEW Dynamite. We saw it over the shoulder of Pac, so it's been seen on Dynamite, Charlie. You know what? I actually missed that. Oh, for goodness I, sake. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but it's been seen. Excellent. It's, right, next, let's defend it. It's been cited. Um, look, before we do earning the push and back to developmental, you want to throw out some fantasy booking, no? I do. We haven't done some fantasy booking for a while because wrestling has been too mental. Mm. But hopefully now it's starting to calm down a little bit into just really good wrestling. So I thought there was time maybe for a fantasy booking over the next few Go weeks. for it. What are we going to do? This is for you, for me, and for any listeners who would like to join in. Okay. We are seeing Triple H bring back a lot of NXT talent to the main roster. Contractual obligations aside, that doesn't matter. If you were Triple H and you could go and get any former NXT talent and bring them into the main roster today, who and how would you do it? And by any, we mean people currently signed to AEW. They don't have to be free agents, or they do have to be no, free no, agents. No, they can be in their they can be in their AEW contracts now. You just click your fingers and they're out of it. It's fantasy booking. Ooh. The obvious one to go for is Adam Cole, but is that the best one to do? We have a week to think about it. So I'll tell you, my my question was originally going to be how you'd bring Johnny Gargano back. I think we're all kind of understand that's going to happen. Yeah. Think. Then I thought, well, if you want to do Gargano, you can. But if not, why not open it up to anyone? Anyone. I love that we're looking at Gargano, photos with his son, loving life, and we're like, yeah. What you really want to do is wrestle. You really want to throw your body around a ring. Stop enjoying family time and get yourself back in this ring now. Yeah. Come on. Fun's fun. Well, look, Charlie underscore Beckett is him. Jack underscore Merley is me. Which one uh, former NXT talent would you bring back if you were Triple H from anywhere, including AEW? And how would you do it? A week to think about that. Uh, Charlie, let's do everyone's favorite part of the show. Something from everyday life is sent back to developmental because we hate it and something earns the push to the moon because we love it. It can't be wrestling related, although sometimes we do bend the rules, but not today, I don't think. What do you want to do, first or second? I'll go first because mine are pretty quick go for this it. week. Uh, back to developmental is um, people who undertake you when you're driving. Oh, I had some of this driving home today. Terrible. Uh, especially when, like, let's say there's a bit of congestion in the outside lanes. You can't go as fast as maybe everyone would like you to in the outside lane, but it's congestion for some reason. And they fly up inside you, get like three cars in front, and then try and squeeze in a gap that absolutely isn't there in front in front of you. So, and, and it's just dangerous and causes crashes. So, what happened that, this week, Charlie? What what that ha- happened? That yeah. exact thing happened yesterday on the way to training. That exact thing happened. Can I ask they, when they undertake you and then look in? I don't know their mirror, and they realise that they've overtaken uh, what six foot four, six foot four professional rugby player. What what do they do? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know, because I think some of these people just don't care. Because <laughs> you're in a different car. I'll tell you a story of once I completely lost my rag driving. Um, I won't tell you why, but I completely lost my rag. <laughs> and I 
pulled into a lay-by, and as I pulled into a lay-by, I stuck my hand out of my window to the person behind me who I'd lost my rag with, pointed to the lay-by and shook my fist, as in, <laughs> let's have a fight. And this person pulled into the lay-by as I got out of the car. I got out, turned to them, and they just carried on through the lay-by and drove off. That is... So then I was just stood in the lay-by, really angry. Can I can I just say I love that you actually did the shake your fist why I order thing at yeah, someone. Yeah, I was like, we're ha- just you know, you pull in here, we're having a fight. <laughs> pull over so I can fight you. Okay, yes, we don't we, we don't endorse uh, any violence, road rage, or otherwise on this show, but that's very funny. And don't undertake. That's back to developmental. What's earning the push? I've got a game of rugby this weekend. Yay! Yay! It's preseason games are here, and that is the official sign that preseason is ending. And thank the Lord, we all hate, we have a, we love it because it gets us fit and we need it, it's very important, but God, we hate it. And this has been the hottest preseason I can remember. Mm. Even when I was at Jersey, which is basically France. <laughs> um, you know how hot it got in Jersey, that's where we met. Sweltering. And it gets hot. Yeah. This has been hotter and it's been mad because I've been training in the evening as well and it's been hotter. So we're playing this weekend. I love playing rugby. Like, who was I talking to the other day was like, do you really love rugby? Or do you just do it because it's all you've known as a job? Because I've been professional since I was 16. Yeah. And I was like, honestly, if I didn't absolutely adore it, there are other things I could do. Because I wake up every Sunday and feel terrible. Like, when I get out of bed in the morning, I groan already and I'm 26 years old. It takes me half an hour to stop hurting in the morning. Like, I can't raise my arms above my head properly. I can't bend my elbows properly. Everything on me is buggered. But I'm so excited to go and do it again. I cannot wait. So, yes, I absolutely love it. And we're back playing this weekend. Uh, and, yeah, it's exciting times. We're just we're announcing all our signings at the moment. Yes, can I, mean, I can I cut across you and say that my earning the push this week is your Amptil signing announcements because I have, I have treated it just like WWE announcing new people. <laughs> and I've been messing with you going, this one sounds like an NXT jobber. This yes. one sounds like someone who have jumped from AEW. The names are extraordinary. Yeah, so you're not the only person. This um, Shout out to Dave Rogers, who is a commentator friend of mine. Another one. Don't worry, Jack. You're my favourite. Um, Dave does a lot of commentary in the women's game. He does a lot of work at Harlequins on their match days. And he's just been the stadium announcer at the beach volleyball at the Commonwealth Games. Good gig. Dave, yeah, great gig. And he's brilliant, Dave. And he sent me a voice note yesterday being like, Charlie... Why are you signing players based on the fact that their name sounds like they'd be good at rugby? Dom Hardman, Morgan Strong. He's like, are these just parodies for a comedy show? He's like, when's Freddie Fast or Kevin Kicker signing? Is Vince McMahon in retirement becoming your DOR? And he's going, damn it, he's strong. We're going to call him strong. You know, it sounds like a, like a Vince McMahon creative meeting. And honestly, until you both point out to me, I hadn't realised how hilarious the names are. But now I look at the boys, just laugh at them. And they're like, why are you laughing? I was like, it'd take too long to it take too long to explain. But honestly, it's brilliant. Once you see all these Amtil signings, and God love you boys, go well this season, but you look at it and you think Vince has come up with every single one of these. They're fantastic. So cutting across you, that's my earning the push. Yeah. I've enjoyed it so much. There have been some brilliant names. Back to developmental. I'm sorry if this is you. I don't care about your fantasy football league. I don't uh, care who you've captained. This is from a big football fan. I don't care. I don't care who you've captained. I don't care who you didn't put in. I don't care who you almost put in and now you're gutted about. I don't care where you are. And I know I tweet about lots of things people don't care about. So you crack on whatever makes yeah. you happy. But I cannot feign interest if you say, oh, do you know what? I almost captained 
Uh, I almost captained Haaland, and then I didn't, and I've lost X amount of points. I just don't care. Have you ever played fantasy football? I'm the guy who signs up, does it for a week, and realises yeah. why I never, ever did it in the first yeah, place. So, so I'm the opposite. I'm the guy whose life it takes over. Oh, Charlie. I can't, no, no, no. I, can't, I don't let myself do it anymore because of it. And a good mate of mine, so I'm a, I'm a big, I mean, the Cowboys, so I'm a big NFL fan. Oh, yeah. NF, NFL fantasy football is next level. And one of the lads at Amstel last year is a massive NFL fan. He's like, come join my fantasy. I was like, I can't. I was like, I don't have enough hours in the day as it is. If I start playing fantasy football, I'll be up till four in the morning. I just can't do it. It's 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 just, I can't be doing with it either. I can't be doing with it either. It's just, so look, God love you if you play it. You know what else I can't be doing with? Liverpool's new £85 million striker headbutting someone and getting red carded. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. Interesting start to the season for your boys, isn't it? Rubbish start to the season. You, know, you can say it, I can't. But Spurs did well to snatch a point uh, at the weekend. But look, well, we're not... did because VAR didn't care. This isn't a football podcast. So let's wrap up with our traditional final question. Charlie, we know we're getting John Moxley versus CM Punk next week on Dynamite. We know we've missed MJF. Does MJF return and cost CM Punk or John Moxley or them both the title? Oh, where did you think that up from? Just came to me. <sighs> Big stage, time to do it. No, no, I think Punk. I think Punk cheats to win. I don't think he uses MJF to do it. I think Punk just straight up cheats to win against Mox and turns heel. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. What interesting. do you think? What do you think? You always ask me these questions, well, and I always look like the idiot. But we never ask you your opinion. I okay. No, I don't think MJF comes back. However, could I see an unholy Vince McMahon, Stone Cold Steve Austin end of WrestleMania 17 alliance between Punk and MJF? I think I could, and I think I could. I think I could script it to say that MJF went and learned some lessons from his beating with CM Punk. And you tell the story of two snakes. Can they trust each other? Can they not? And you have John Moxley. Uh, and and the BCC against Punk and MJF. I can't pretend that wouldn't interest me, but it's not going to happen. Also, let's get your predictions in for how much blood there's going to be. Oh, it's going to be so much. There's going to be so much blood. It's going to be unreal. And it's been an unreal week of wrestling. Look, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're joining us from today. You've got one week to get your stories in on Charlie's Fantasy Booking. Any NXT talent of olden days that can come back. They can be signed to AEW. They can be anywhere right now. Who would you have and how would you bring them back? Until next week, we'll leave you to ponder that. But we are out of time for Charlie and myself. Thanks for listening and bye-bye. <laughs>